Did I get a special tarot card? Yeah. Possibly, but I get special things every day, mate. <laughs> Cheeky boy. <laughs> Time to hit this shit. Let's hit this. Gamers and famous. <laughs> Sorry. Gamers and famous musicians. It's <laughs> fine. <laughs> <laughs> Gamers and famous musicians have this complaint in common. The fans are way too noisy. And this week, we're doing it all wrong. Because Trash Talk will be last as a little Quarry Spoiler cast. My name is Sev, and my co-host is Viz. How you doing, mate? I'm all good, thank you, mate. How's your day been? It, it was long. It's the solstice, so it's the longest day of the year, and it definitely felt like the longest day of the year. I've been dying to get um, the Quarry Talk out of me. <laughs> we've been dying to get over it. So, yeah, it felt even longer today knowing that we were going to do this tonight. Yeah, I think we've been dying to do this for like the past like five days now. Yeah, just just holding it back every time we opened our mouth and trying not to say something about the No, no, don't tell me. Don't want to know. Don't want to know. But yeah, not not so far away now. We're almost there. It's been it's been really hot today as well. I'm not sure if you felt it as much where you were. Yeah, yeah. So we've had all the fans going at work, so it's not been too bad. There's been air breezing round, but it's definitely been a very very hard day. But it seems like we've got to the uh, the platform a little earlier than usual, and luckily due to the train strikes, the uh, there's, there's something coming already. Can you hear that? I think I can. It's the hype train. So uh, we've got a few anniversary things here to, uh, to go over, and then we've got a few other things that we really enjoyed. So we're going to kick things off with the Final Fantasy VII anniversary. Uh, Viz, do you want to take that away? Uh, yeah, I think I'll take this, because you've not actually played any of the Final Fantasy VII series, have you? No, no. I think Final Fantasy XII is my only real knowledge into the Final Fantasy series. I have played ten, a bit of... I played a bit of eight when I was younger, but didn't like it. But yeah, I'm not uh, massive on the Final Fantasy. So Final Fantasy VII is one of like the most critically acclaimed of the, most, like, of the Final Fantasy series itself. And with the 25th anniversary of the uh, seminal role-playing game, um, the second part of the Final Fantasy VII Remake project title is actually called Final Fantasy VII Rebirth. So that's part two of the Final Fantasy VII Remake. And it's coming to PlayStation 5 next winter. But the really annoying thing is, because they've left it quite open, it's like, Square Enix is real that that could mean it's late 2023 or even early 2024 so there's still no exact date on it. Watching this and playing the game I'm quite excited for this. I'm, I'm really looking forward to it. It's the next part of like the trilogy that they're trying to do and what the what the creative director is trying to do with this uh, Tetsuya uh, Nibirara yeah, said yeah. in a statement following the game's announcement um, it's going to be new play. it's going to be designed a lot more for new players as well which aren't necessarily used to the series but they can actually jump in at part 2 and they might find it more comfortable like jumping in at part 2 and getting used to the game because how Cloud like makes new friends and embarks on a different journey and witnesses like scenes with him leaving Midgar and gives like the players like new to Final Fantasy a fresh and new experience in it. Okay. So it's quite odd that they say that two's a good jumping in point, um, because you'd hope that number one was really. And I'm I'm kind of in the boat of like I really I know Final Fantasy Seven is a well regarded game and I do want I play the Final Fantasy Seven remake. I don't know whether I'm in two minds as to whether I should just 
wait for all three of them to come out and then play it that way or try and jump jump in and get in on the zeitgeist when everyone else is playing it because i do expect that by the time meal number three comes along that they'll upgrade the first one because the first one's available on ps4 isn't it yes it is. and they've announced that the the next one I'm pretty sure did you say they only said it was for ps5 yes it's only been released on ps5 so kind of seems to me that by the time the third one will come out the ps4 version will have got a little upgrade or maybe that was included in into was it Integrade? But that's the uh, like one point five version, isn't it? Um, yeah, Integrade is like the expansion pack for part yeah. one. So I'm I'm half expecting a, a lovely little box set by the time this finishes, like a nice little steel book and some collectibles. I'm not sure if I want to wait and get that one, or because I'm probably going to be like fifty by the time by the time this series finishes. So I might, I you know, I, I might jump in. <laughs> yeah. I like the idea that there's a there's an action based combat and there is a turn based mode as well, isn't there? There's like they sort of like straddle the line between both of them. Yeah, uh, within the first one, you could choose whether you wanted to play it as like how it was originally designed in the original Final Fantasy, so you can still do the the turn-based like attacks and you've got the time to think about what moves you're doing or you can just go all out and just do the like the way the genre is going now and just do your action based and full-on combat so you played final fantasy 7 remake did you did you try the turn-based stuff or did you just play um uh, real time the whole time uh i played the real time because I think I got used to it from Final Fantasy fifteen. Okay, so you didn't dip into the turn base at all. No, because I, I like the idea of the way they were going. Yeah, I do. I really like the original game. Yeah, but I do like the way the franchise is going and like the how it's doing, like the real time, real time action. The, the real time combat. Yeah, yeah. They did start touching on it in um, Final Fantasy twelve, which is one I know you have played. One of your favorite ones, I think. Yeah, the Gambit system, yeah. So yeah. they originally uh, tested it there, and I think going forward from that, it's like just increased what they're able to do, and especially with new uh, next-gen consoles, I think it's, we're going to see a lot more of that type of style of gameplay. Cool. So I know uh, Final Fantasy sixteen when they showed that off, uh, all the combat in that seemed very much like it was real-time combat as well. So yeah, it could be cool. Do you, um, you say, have you got notes for any of the other stuff they showed at the anniversary event? Um I have, but I think we covered that mostly on the last podcast, didn't we? I'm not sure, because there was a uh, like Final Fantasy Crisis Core Rebirth. Uh, they've announced this winter is coming Final Fantasy Crisis Core Reunion, which is the remake of Final Fantasy Crisis Core, which was originally on the PSP. Well, correct me if I'm wrong, um, but I'm pretty <laughs> sure it was PSP. I remember playing that. Um so that's this winter, and then next winter we've got Rebirth, which is Final Fantasy Part Two, Final Fantasy Seven Part Two. Nice. So did you ever, did you ever play Crisis Core? Oh, I finished Crisis Core. It's an absolutely brilliant game. I loved it. It's got a great side story. So uh, Rebirth is something you're going to pick up then, yeah? Uh, yes, I'll definitely pick up Rebirth, just because I want to continue the story. I don't agree with what. I do agree what the like creative director is trying to do with the the series, where people can just jump in at part two. Yeah, it's very odd. Yeah, you've got to play the full story, and if you haven't played it, then start with the original Final Fantasy VII that was on PlayStation One. You've just got to relive that story, and then you'd understand why why it's such a renowned game, why they're remaking it in the way that they are, and releasing like the different stories. Yeah, to me, like as I said, like I never played Final Fantasy VII, but it very much felt like it was Square Enix's like 
magnum opus, if you will. And they yeah. they held off for a very long time on making the remake because it was if they remake seven, then is there anywhere they can go after doing that? But yeah, it seems like they've got enough teams that they're doing seven and then they're doing sixteen and stuff as well. I did want to ask yeah. what your thoughts on uh, Forspoken are now because there were rumours that Forspoken was going to be delayed because Final Fantasy sixteen was coming out, but now we know that Crisis Core is coming out in December or the end of the year next year we've got 16 and ff7 part 2 where do you think this leaves forespoken do you think we go we're still going to get forespoken in august october or do you reckon it's going to sort of like move back I, out of the limelight and if so like where does it then land i hope forespoken isn't forgotten about because they've showed too much of it, it i hope it's not going to be one of those games like um that just gets buried yeah um, yeah it's it'd be annoying if they didn't bring it out. Looking at the like the stories I've been reading, they're already working on episode three, um, for Final Fantasy Seven remake as well. They've already got another team working on that as well. Yeah, so they did do that yeah. in the anniversary show. They kind of said um, part two will be out next winter, and then part three yeah. is already in development. So and it's going to be a yeah. three part series. And, and especially with Crisis Core coming, are they going to go and do Dirge Cerberus as well? Yeah, see, I'm very unfamiliar with Dirge Cerberus. Uh, what did what did that come out on? Uh, Dirge Cerberus was PlayStation Two. I never think don't think it made it to PS Three. Okay, so was it uh, was it like a spin off game? Did it was it like different mechanics? Yes, yeah, a spin off game, completely different mechanics. Um, you used like guns and. Um, you still use crystals, but you also use guns rather than that whole um, magic and the aura of the game. Did you hear of, uh, what's it called, Final Fantasy Soldier First? First Soldier? Have you seen that before? I've seen First Soldier. Uh, I'm pretty sure I've played it. I can't remember which platform I played it on. Though. So I think it might have been a mobile game some point last year, but it's that Final Fantasy like Battle Royale game. Yeah, I think I have played that. But I don't think I'll get into it. They've they've got so many different aspects on the Final Fantasy genres, like because there's also the tactics games as well, and then they've also got the town building Final Fantasy as well. Yeah, yeah, and they've got that uh, Dio field that's coming out. It's supposed to come out later this year. That looks like an RTS. Um, I don't yeah. know if they confirmed it was part of the Final Fantasy universe, but it definitely looks 100% Final Fantasy. So. Yeah, there are definitely different wings of the yeah. Final Fantasy series. They've also got Dissidia as well. Have that's that's like a PS2 game, isn't it? Uh, no, Dissidia was oh, on. Yeah, it was originally released on the Vita. Yeah, and then there's a, a Dissidia NT for the PS4. Yeah, come out not so long ago. Yeah, it's like an arena battler, isn't it? Yes, it is. Cool. So did you play that? See, that's a lot of fun to play. Yeah. Yeah, I played it on the Vita, and then I did pick up again on the PS4 as well. Because it's a lot of fun to play. It's like some of the movements are complicated, but once you get into like the feel of the game, then you you can actually really enjoy it. No, so I will bring up while we're here. Did you ever play uh, World of Final Fantasy? Yes, I think I've still got a copy of that for PS3. Yes, I've got a copy, and I like I've played a lot of it, and I really like it. I've just never finished it, but it had that sort of like chibi art style, and you could stack people yeah. and monsters on top of each other to sort of get better stat. Um, and it's like a love. It's a it's a love letter to the like, Final Fantasy series. So you get um, you get like Squall and uh, Cloud and stuff like that. They all uh, make appearances in the game. There's lots of cameos. Yeah. It's like really nice. It's very um, it's a very cute game, isn't it? Cause, like it yeah. mixes between like children's animation, uh, Disney animation, and like the art style they use is quite 
well worked. Yeah. Uh, it does remind me of um, Crystal Chronicles and the art design they use in that. Yeah, so you can say uh, like a chibi art style where like the the bodies are quite small and the heads are like big and usually have like over exaggerated eyes and stuff like that. Yeah, and then when you get to the FMVs, they're actually full characters. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. Cool. So anything else you'd like to say on the Final Fantasy? I don't think so. If anybody's going to want to play the Final Fantasy series and understand the genre, then I think like playing the original Final Fantasy VII would be a good start. So would you, would you advise doing seven over seven Remake first? Yes, Yeah, I would. Because like with, with the original seven, you get the, the, the full aesthetic of the game and what they're actually trying to do. Yeah, yeah, I understand that. Cool. So next up, we had a Dragon's Dogma anniversary, 10-year anniversary showcase, I want to call it. Uh, but it was essentially just a little, I think it maybe like 10 minutes long, and it was like a developer interview. And they had three guys sat around the table, and they were talking about um, all the cool things that they wanted to do with the Dragon's Dogma when they released it, because it's like a, a Japanese-made Western RPG, which is quite different, to be fair. And they went through things like, do you ever play Dragon's Dogma? I did. I've played, I think I've still got my copy for the PS3 as well, actually, for Dragon's Dogma. Nice. So they did do like a PS4 version, Dragon's Dogma Dark Arisen, which I like had all the content in it and like a little bit of a uh, graphics upgrade, which is really nice. I've still got that. I'm pretty sure that's still sealed on my shelf. So I always look at it and go, nice. oh, I want to play that. But yeah, so they had like a, a pawn system, which uh, meant you could like bring other people, other characters into the game that were made by other people or other people's pawns. And you could use them and then doing anything with them you could send them on little missions and they'd come back with stuff for you so that was like really clever thing they did they also had uh like mechanics where you could jump up onto uh monsters and then like climb up them and it's like slash away that style because i think they said during the interview they were like oh you always see big monsters and all you really do is like slash at their feet and we didn't really want that what we wanted was uh, for people to be able to like climb up the monster and like stab him in the head essentially so it was pretty cool um so yeah it was a nice little developer diary onto their thinking behind dragon's dogma and then at the end as they were closing out the main guy in the interview he sort of said and oh, we've got one we've got an, we've got a surprise for you and then he unzips his shirt and he pulls it open and his shirt says like Dragon's Dogma 2 and then he puts both thumbs up with a massive smile and he's like Dragon's Dogma 2 is in development yeah please be excited um, so yeah we didn't actually see any Dragon's Dogma 2 but to know there's another one in development it's really cool to be fair yeah we're probably looking about maybe two three years before we see anything of like that yeah I'm, I'm hoping we get maybe like a trailer in like 18 months or something but yeah, I don't expect the game to come out uh, for another like two or three years there. I'm I'm excited for that. Definitely. Cool. Would you like to tell us about Evil West? Oh, have you watched Evil West? Like, have you seen much of it? Yeah, so I watched that video you posted. The uh, It's like a 10-minute gameplay video. And then I think I've seen trailers before that. Yeah, it looks incredible. I, just, I hope it plays the way that it looks. It's very much um, Red Dead Redemption meets Devil May Cry. Yes, I want to say it's like a third-person shooter, but he's got lots of like different abilities and stuff, hasn't he? Yeah, I'd say this video I'm watching at the moment, because I'm currently look, just watching a, a brief like snippets into it, and it's like he's got electric attacks, he's got fire attacks, but they're all built into his fists. Okay. 
while he's using his fist, he's also pulling out uh, with a revolver and then shooting him in the head at the same time. So it's all very fast-paced. It just reminds me very much like the, the game style of what Devil May Cry is, but it's in the aesthetic of a run-down Red Dead Redemption 2 world. So you got your cowboys there as well. And it's got some great looking like enemies that you have to go against there's the the boo hag right <laughs> it's called a boo hag <laughs> definitely met some of them before yeah yeah <laughs> uh it's uh, a contrast to regular sangusuj boo hags can't grow their own skin and their inten- intellectual properties are very low nevertheless <laughs> they're fierce op- opponents not shy to attack humans often in packs then there's uh, nargles, which look alike, look a lot like werewolves, leeches, which have got like really spiked, they're big, heavy blokes with spiked shields, and what looks like he's got a tentacle arm, which opens out. Okay. Uh, highborns, which looks like a um, a bat, like a human bat, but it's also wrapped in um, cot- uh, cotton, like you'd see with. Uh, mummification and it's got big horns so it looks like a devil with wings okay and that is the highborns are the strongest and most powerful sangasuj species their powerful wings allow for devastating aerial strikes and they can call on swarms of bats to both damage foes and regenerate regenerate their own health so that's just four of the the species which are in the game at the moment which we can see of yeah so it does seem super interesting uh watching the video uh there were a lot of like particle effects when stuff was blowing up and i was definitely thinking like this does look more like a ps5 game as it were i'm not sure how well it'd run on my ps4 this is enticing me to like i need to upgrade i need to get a ps5 so that i can play games that look this good yeah i'm not sure if this is going to ps4 i'm not gonna don't quote me on this i think it's only going to ps5 but looking at the the quality of the gameplay and like the particle effects and like the dismemberment of the enemies that he's attacking at the moment it's like i really want to play that i want to i want to feel what he's feeling <laughs> yeah so if i remember rightly i think it's got is it a september 20th release date yes yeah, september 20th yeah so it's not long to wait uh, it looks pretty cool yeah be here soon. I think there's quite a few protagonists you can choose from yeah. as well. Um, from looking at this, yeah, I think there's a uh, one female. I don't know the names of them. Uh, it's one female and two males. I think the one we see in the trailer is one of the males with like the cowboy hat on. Yeah. With the uh, electric arm that's also attached to a rifle. Okay, so uh, I'm guessing then by uh, different protagonists or different characters you can choose, they've all got sort of like. Uh, different stats and different abilities then yeah so it's not really letting a lot off excuse me i'm just looking on the website at the moment and the, the website i'm looking on if anybody wants to have a look it's called focus entertainment and you can actually do a deep dive yeah it's a focus home entertainment uh development and i believe they are like a eastern europe i want to say eastern european they're a european studio um and they've got like a an okay track record i think focus home might be you know, I'm gonna have to check this before I start spouting shit. I think they might be like uh, the same people who published like Greedfall. Yeah. Is that correct? Are you, are you on that page? Uh, I'm on the Focus Entertainment. I'm just having a quick look for Greedfall now. Oh, so they've done um, Snow Runner, Insurgency, Sandstorm, Hood, Outlaws and Legends, uh, Necromunda, Hired Gun, 
but then they're also the publishers of a Plague Tale, so yeah. quite a renowned company. Then, so this is good. This should be a really good game, especially with hired gun because I've played that. I don't think you have, but I nice, really enjoyed yeah, that. Yeah. The hopes up for that one. That should be pretty good. Next on yeah. is uh, definitely a Sev game. And this one is Digimon Survive, which got a release date trailer uh, recently, and the release date is the 29th of July. And this is a story-based, like, visual novel uh, with choice-based decisions. And I believe in the trailer he says something about, like, your choices can uh, mean we escape or we die, essentially. So it's set on a bunch of... I want to say they're like kids or teens and they're stuck they're in like a school and the I think the whole school gets warped into the digital world um, and then it looks very run down and they need to kind of like solve the mystery to get themselves out get out of the digital world and get home but where this differs from other narrative based games is that all the the, the combat in it is like um, turn based battles on grids very much like I love uh, but with the Digimon spin on it, so you can raise your Digimon and you can uh, evolve them into stronger monsters. But yeah, this looks like it's quite dark and brooding. There's a lot of like fog and they refer to the Digimon as monsters rather than uh, these are Digimon, like happy, happy Pokemon things. No, they definitely seem like they were enemies and they were out to get you. Did you watch this trailer? I think partway through the trailer, it's got um, right in the middle of the screen, it says, in this world, death and danger awaits. Yeah, yeah. So, so like, it's, it's very, a dark idea of what the, the Digimon series is, really. I like the monster, I like the premise of monster collecting games, like collect yourself a team and go out and battle with them and that sort of stuff. And Pokemon stays very much to its roots, but Digimon's not scared to try different things. Um, which Digimon Survive definitely looks like a massive departure from the standard monster collecting game. Like, this is a day one purchase. It seems to have a lot more character building in it. Yeah, like, yeah. Between you and your Digimons. So, the decisions you make and how you breed that character. So, you've got to make decisions. Decisions have to be made on in order to, like, where you're going to go to next. Yeah, so I think, like, some of the premise of Digimon is that the Digimon you get is kind of like a replication of your personality, if you get me. Yeah. yeah, you build a bond with your Digimon and you can take it out and fight, but if your Digimon gets hurt, then you sort of like, you bear the weight that you've hurt that per hurt that Digimon. So there's like, there's a lot of deeper meaning into like the Digimon mythos than there is in the Pokemon where it's just like, I'll catch this Weedle, I'll catch this Douglet and it can go out and Pikachu do your... Uh, thunder attack and so yeah Digimon definitely had much more like adult themes and I don't, I don't really know what more to say on that no I don't think there is really much you can say it so there's not a lot of people who actually like see Digimon as a, a massive thing like within our childhood I did watch Digimon quite a lot uh, same as Pokemon and same as Transformers Yu-Gi-Oh um, so having that premise of the I think it was aimed towards more of an elder generation of children, whereas Pokemon was very younger aged people. Yeah, Digimon definitely seems like something that's like grown up with the fan base, whereas Digimon, uh, whereas Pokemon is kind of like a, you know, we're always going to aim towards the younger, younger audience. Yeah, you kind of get lost, left behind there. Once you grow up, it's not cool to like Pokemon. 
Oh. <laughs> Sorry, Carl, it's true. Next up is, uh, <laughs> next up is uh, Scrap Raiders. I don't really know much about this. I've just had a quick look at it today because uh, this is actually only announced today. Um, it, it looks quite fun, to be honest with you. It's um, give you a brief idea of the game without looking at it. It's a uh, publisher, Microids, has announced that its 2D beat-em-up Scrap Raiders uh, Riders will be making its way to the Switch on September the 21st. Got the game which pairs a distinct cyberpunk setting with a slick hand-to-hand -hand combat stars Rast, a member of a group of outlaw riders known as the Scrap Riders. You'll spend your time chatting with the locals, gathering clues, and most of all, beating bad guys to a pixelated pulp. Here's a rundown of the game microids. Become Rast, a member of the outlaw bikers gang, Scrap Riders. Make your way through the wastelands and the big metropolis controlled by corporations act as a smuggler smuggler with caustic humor to survive in this past post-apocalyptic world fight your way through this 2d beat them up using your first fists and guns but caution the westerns are not far faint of heart their violence is always the answer but will not be enough with your wits you won't last long talk to the right people, gather clues and kick back, kick bad guys asses. It looks like a lot of fun. It's a, a new, like an idea of a 2D beat-em-up for the Switch and I think it's very Borderlands-esque in the way that it's like been created but it's been put in a, a 2D um, side-scroller beat-em-up action RPG type game. Yeah, so it's uh, like the trailer started off and it only really showed uh the point and click elements of the game. I thought, okay, it looks pretty cool. A bit like uh, Deponia. I know you played Deponia, haven't you? Yeah, I've played Deponia. Yeah, so it kind of uh, it looked a bit like Deponia with your uh, with your point and click, go and collect your clues and stuff. And then about halfway through the trailer, it's sort of like, and then you can go outside and beat people up. And then it started showing like beat em up combat as well. Um, so I thought, as you said, yeah, this is a nice little twist. It's a sort of a unique idea in the point and click genre they've gone with this um i didn't get a release date did you manage to pick that one up 21st september coming to switch nice so yeah this is definitely one i don't think i'm gonna nail my board down and say i'll buy this day one but if the reviews come out and say that it's good then this is definitely something i'll pick up so the idea is there it's very different ideas so it's like borderland-esque but with you putting that point and click aspect into it as well it's like oh actually this this could actually be quite interesting if they managed to work those two genres into one game that could be quite a unique aspect to have with a game yeah i'd much rather um spend my money on developers with new ideas than spend my money on develop uh triple a developers doing the same stuff with the same like loot and battle pass mechanics that we've seen for many years so if scrap riders is good if scrap raiders is good then i'll definitely pick it up yeah i'll definitely pick it up but it depends on when it whether it it comes to that just depends on this tier system for the PlayStation at the moment. <laughs> it's not coming straight to the Xbox or PlayStation yet. We've just got to see how it does on Nintendo to see if it goes any further. Yeah, and I'm sure unless Nintendo had paid a massive amount for it, I don't think they would have. Then it would only have like a six or twelve month exclusive deal, and we'll eventually get it on PlayStation or Xbox. So it'll be something to look out for. Nice. Now it's time for the OCR. The OCR is where we send Viz to the Review City for Boots on the Grounds live coverage of recent releases. And we've got four today, and we're going to start with TMNT and Shredder's Revenge. 
at the time of recording had an 88. Unfortunately, it's actually dropped a point. It's gone down to 87 now. That's, well, that's good for me, mate. That's good for me. <laughs> Just make, makes it better for you. <laughs> it's got some really great reviews, though. Uh, 8 out of 10, 7 out of 10, 8.8 out of 10, 88 out of 100, 9 out of 10, 9 out of 10, 79 out of 100. They're all really good reviews. And it's one I've got here from IGN. It's like Shredder's Revenge. More than lives up to the legacy of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, arcade games have inspired it. It's fun yet simple. Its gameplay is excellent, co-op for up to six players, online and charming pixel-based art style. We'll surely have 90s kids riding the wave of nostalgia all, all the way to its end. So, yeah, weird 90s yeah. kids. That just like says, that just gives my review all over. <laughs> it's like you've played it. Yeah, I beat it. You. I've I played it. I beat it. Yeah, it was like three hours, but it was like it's some of the best three hours of uh, beat 'em up action I've had in a long time. Yeah, I, I'm gonna go back. It's got so much playability as well. Um, all these great reviews that it's got on it, I completely agree with. So yeah, eighty-seven, give it its due. Ninety-seven percent critics recommend, and it's got a mighty from Open Critics. So go out and get this game. It's fucking brilliant. It is. Uh, it's a, if you've got Xbox, it's on Game Pass. If you've got PlayStation. And I think it was like twenty two quid. Uh no, if you actually managed to get it this month, it is seventeen ninety nine. Uh if you're on PlayStation Plus. Cool, and at that price it's an absolute steal. It's uh yeah, one of the best beat em ups I've played in years. Yeah, it it has got a lot of playability, so seventeen ninety nine I reckon does give it justice. Um mm -hmm. because it's not only got the one mode, it's got several different modes you can play to it. You can do the story mode, you can do challenge mode, you can do the arcade mode. And it's got loads of side um, side challenges as well within the story that you can do. Yeah. Not only that, I think with every single character you use, it opens up a different ending as well. So you, that's, you've got six characters to start with. I'm not going to tell anything else in case nobody's actually played it yet, but you've got six characters to start with and they've all got their own ending. So I think they did drop, uh, they dropped the Casey Jones trailer like a day or two before they announced the release date. So there's like Casey Jones, he's an available character, I think that bumps it up to seven. Yeah, but you don't unlock Casey Jones until you've actually completed the game one. Yeah, and I've been pretty sure Casey's got like the best stats, if I remember rightly. You asked me who did I play with, and I said Leonardo, and you said Leonardo. Mm -hmm. um, and that's because his stats were all like two stars across the board. But I'm pretty sure Casey has like, he has two stars across the board, but then I think his attack rate or his range is like three stars. Oh, I think he definitely seems like the most powerful character you can play as. So I'll definitely go back to it over and over again. Yeah, I think I'm going to do it a couple more times just for just for the fun of it. Did you uh, did you notice much of the soundtrack? Oh, the soundtrack is absolutely beautiful. Yeah, yeah. I can't remember which stages were. I think maybe like stage twelve or something had a really rocking soundtrack. The one where you like flying through the sky or something. Because there's a couple of like I think there's two episodes where you're flying through the sky, but I think it's the second one that it starts to hype up a bit more. Yeah, yeah, there's like backing tracks in there, there's someone singing about, I don't know, some 90s style song, but yeah, hyping up the turtles. And it was, yeah, it was really, it's got really, really it has got really cool and very significant soundtrack towards it. That's good. Should we move on to Neon White? Yeah. So, Neon White, as of recording, what have you uh, got? 87. 87, it's actually gone up to 88. Oh, that's bad news for you, mate. <laughs> I know, I'm not doing so well. Oh, dude. Uh, it's got a 96 critics recommend and a mighty, a mighty 
from Open Critic Rating. So another like steal on this, mate. 8 out of 10, 9 out of 10, 9.5 out of 10, 9 out of 10, 10 out of 10, oh, 9 shit. out of 10, 85 out of 100. Yeah, this is a, a hell of a game. Neon White achieves everything it sets out to with remarkable success. Not only is it one of the most entertaining experiences I've played in the years, but it also speaks to the highly specific audience. Many just don't, and many just don't anymore. It's for weirdos, misfits, and dorks. <laughs> Neon White is one of the best games of That's the year, and it'd be a, a, <laughs> a colossal mistake not to check this game out. <laughs> oh. So great! If you're a weirdo, a misfit, or a dork, like <laughs> you're listening to the right show. <laughs> so that was a 9.5 out of 10 from Game Informer. We've also got PC Invasion. Neon White is a Tour de France combining incredible level design, excellent storytelling, and brilliant and brilliant mechanics. Uh, there's actually not a bad review on here for this game, unfortunately. <laughs> Um, I think it's going to be something that I'm going to have to wait for because it's currently only on Nintendo PC. Uh, it's currently only on Nintendo and PC. Okay, so I'm uh, looking up a trailer now because I've definitely seen this game before, but I cannot for the life of me remember. But yeah, it looks like a very like anime aesthetic. It's sort of like a first-person shooter with a deck-building mechanic in it as well. So like card-based, but first-person yeah. shooter. It looks very fast, very fluid. And it's definitely a game that you would actually pick up because I know you pay a lot of... Because um, you did Slay the Spire, didn't you? Which you've probably enjoyed. Yeah, yeah. So I started getting into my deck building stuff by playing uh, Slay the Spire and uh, then Floppy Nights the other week. So this is definitely... I'm not turned off when someone says, oh, it's a card-based game these days. I'm like, okay. I know those, I know those mechanics can work okay. But yeah, so uh, Neon White seems like something everyone should definitely uh, have a look at. Yeah, definitely. From what the recommendations it's got on here, it's, it hasn't got a bad recommendation at all. Nice. So now we're going to move into stuff that literally got releases today, literally got reviews today, and we they were in a draft for us to pick, but they dropped just before we started recording. Uh, and the first one is Fem Fembalum. Fire Emblem, Three Hopes. Fem <laughs> uh, That's definitely got the episode name, Fembalum. <laughs> Oh, see, mate, I was thinking of going with Boohag, but Boohag or Fembalum. Maybe I'll just put both of them in there. Just <laughs> Fembalum, Boohag. Fembalum, Boohag, Boohag, <laughs> uh, But yeah, Fire Emblem, Three Hopes, 79 at the time of recording. Uh, it's now gone up to an 80. That's it. See, I think it started at an 82, and then it dropped to a 79. Really? Yeah, yeah, because it's early doors, isn't it? So it's going up and down. Yeah, so I think we'll probably see a lot of changes over this over the next over the next week, but it's currently sat at an 80. It's got 76% critics recommend, and it's uh, on a strong open critic rating. So we've got, ooh, I think probably wants to drop that score down. Ooh, uh, Metro Game Central, giving it a 5 out of 10. Wow, they did not like that. No, didn't like it at all. Fire Emblem should be the perfect partner for Dynasty Warriors style action, but this incompatibly made crossover squanders its potential on trite fan service and hollow gameplay. That's a, that's a shame, because they have done, uh, there is a, I think it's called Fire Emblem Legends, that came out on the 3DS a while ago, and that is a, I believe that's a Fire Emblem show slash Dynasty Warriors game. So there has been a pop at this trend already. 
so you would have thought the three hopes um, kind of nailed the nailed the formula. Yeah, I think that that's the lowest score it's got. The rest you're looking at are nine out of ten, seven out of ten, eight out of ten, eight out of ten, three point five out of five from Games Raider Plus, eighty two out of a hundred from Hobby Consulus. Uh, you're a gamer of not actually giving it a recommended, or sorry, not giving it a score. Um, I like be playing Free Hopes for a long time to come. I've already begun my Black Eagles New Game Plus run, and when I previously said this isn't just Dynasty Warriors with a Fire Emblem skin, I meant it. Free Hopes is generally impressive. It walks a fine line between freshness for exciting fans and approachability for new players. And personally, it's had me invested from the start. I'd love to see where Nintendo's Muso spin-off concept goes next. So it's not all bad. It's just that one. That one critic that just gives it the lower score, I think. Uh, they obviously just didn't enjoy it, so it's not their, their genre of game. But it's, it's very different what people determine a good game is, really. There's no reason to get a, a car enthusiast to uh, review an RPG game, because just, it's just not in their wheelhouse. So uh, let's just go with that that team didn't put the right person on the review seen as they seem to be the outlier in all the other scores. Well, yeah, that's that's the only bad score there. So this section could potentially be a really good... That is potentially a really good game. But I can just see that score yeah. either fluctuating or decreasing over the next Ooh. couple of days, over the next seven days. And then next up is uh, Sonic Origins, which at the time of recording was at 78. I know it opened down 81 earlier today. So it is now at 80. Okay. So not bad, not bad. that's uh seventy five percent cricket critics recommend not crickets critics recommend all those crickets recommending mate <laughs> the lowest score we have on this is a six point five out of ten and um, the rest is generally above seven and eight uh nine point five okay. seven seventy out of hundred. 4.5 out of 5, 8 out of 10, 7 out of 10. Yes, yeah, so the lowest one we've got is 6.5, and that's from Destructoid. Slightly above average of simply inoffensive fans of the genre should enjoy them a bit, but a fair few will be left unfulfilled. And that's all the review says. Uh, 9.5 from PlayStation Universe. Sonic Origins is Yikes. a fantastic celebration of 30 years of Sega's spiky blue mascot. Offering four of the best platforms money can buy and chucking in a bunch of great extras that long-time fans can appreciate, regardless of where the blue blur heads next. Sonic Origins is a reminder of just how damn good these timeless classics are. I think it's generally, again, down to critics' choice. Uh, if you're a sole fan of the franchise and a sole fan of Sonic itself, then you're going to enjoy this, this game regardless. But I think what Destructors is trying to say is... For the the fans which are new to the genre, I think they're probably going to be disappointed with what the game actually offers. Yeah. So with the uh, with the nine point five review, the only thing I'm upset with is that they called him. You said the blue spiky. The spiky blue mascot. Yeah, they should have called him spiky blue bastard. Spiky blue little bastard. <laughs> uh, that would have sung to me a little bit more. I'd be more happy with that. But yeah, ninety five is good. Um, and the only thing I really wanted from these reviews is for them to say either it runs well or it has performance issues. If it has performance issues, then 
I might be skeptical of picking it up, but you're from the same generation as me. I know exactly how Sonic 1, 2 and 3 were. So if I want a collection of Sonic 1, 2 and 3 and they run well, then I will pick this up. Yeah, it's like you're going to pick it up regardless because if you played those games and you enjoyed that genre, you enjoyed that series, you followed that series, you know exactly it's going to play. But we're going on to the next-gen consoles, you expect it to have that, that bit of jazz to it. Not necessarily with just the graphics-wise, but as long as it, the playability-wise, you're not going to have that. I don't know if you can remember from uh, the Mega Drive days where you had that like, kind of stutter every now and again. Okay, yeah, yeah. So you you wouldn't expect that from now, but all these are sayings is like yeah, it's a it's just a Sonic game. It's just average. It's not above average. It's not going to blow your mind. But for newcomers, you're just going to feel unfulfilled if you haven't followed the series in general. Yeah, and that's and you know what, that's fine. Um, like they say, what's it? The customer should the the player should pay with their wallet. They should dictate with their wallet and if you buy stuff that you have no idea on then it's a, like a devil's gambit in it like a devil's gamble yeah you're either going to get something good or you're not but if you pay attention to what this thing actually is and you look it up before you pay for it and it is exactly what it says it is then then it's done its job and we did get in the trailers yeah. that there was like there's a knuckles mode and there's some other stuff and there's some like galleries and art things so it does seem like it's a a nice little package with some extra bits in it. Yeah, the, I think there's plenty there for people that, to play with. I think uh, with this Destructoid like, comments, I think they're just expecting too much from the generation that we're in. I think that expectation is a lot higher than what they were looking for or what they were expecting to come from the game. So that's why it's giving it such a low score. But all the other scores are, are actually pretty high. So that's the OCR. And that leads us in to the draft. In this game, both players will take turns picking games and guessing scores. Lois wins. And last week's results, which were pretty close to be honest, we might have to double check some of these. <laughs> Viz, are you, uh, are you at your keyboard? Uh, I've got all the results up, mate. <laughs> okay, so uh, on my scores, I've got... Uh, I predicted a 70 for Final Vendetta, and it, it was sat at a 68. Yeah, it's still 68. Cool. Uh, TMNT, Shredder's Revenge, I picked a 79, currently sat at an 87. Yep. Confirmed, confirmed. So then that gives me a total of 10. Viz picked 75 for Neon White, which at time of writing was at an 88. Neon is still at 88. Okay, and then a red out two was a 76. You picked a 76, and the time of writing was at a 79. It's still sat at 79. That's a shame. When, yeah. when it first opened, they were they were pretty close. I thought I'd lost. I think Shredder's Revenge was the first review that went up. Yeah, it was. Eight points out on that. Eight points out on that, and I was like, damn, I've lost it. But then uh, Neon White popped up like a day or two later, and it was at 88. I was like, whoa. It's like, we've been talking about this all week, haven't we? <laughs> Yeah, so uh, the final score then is me with a 10 and Viz with a 16. Does. Okay, you've taken the lead. It does, and now puts us at a 3 2. 3 to me, 2 to you. But this week we have got four games and a tiebreaker game. The games are MX vs ATV Legends, Escape Academy, Phobia, DNF Duel, 
and then the tiebreaker will be Disgaea 6. Fizz, which would you like to take first? So you definitely put in Disguise 6 as the tiebreaker? Yeah, because it's uh, it was released on Switch a year ago and it got a 72. So the fact that it's complete, a complete edition and should have some uh, advancements, then it should score a little better. But how much better? I don't know. So I kind of like to have that one as a... Like we can both be really near that without being mega off. Okay. So to have that as a tiebreaker is probably the best. But neither of us are allowed to pick 72. No, neither of us can pick... Oh, I suppose if you want to pick 72 as the uh, end result, then by uh, by means go for it. But you do know, like, Seb loves picking 72, so... No, I don't, that's what I'm saying. Neither of us are allowed to pick 72 for that one game. Okay, yeah, let's go with that. <laughs> you, you've either got to be above or below it. <laughs> Right, okay, I think for first off, I'm going to go with, oh, Escape Academy, yeah, I've had a look at this game, very niche, yeah, um, I think it's going to be something that you pick up, I think it's going to be originally released on the Switch, so I'm actually going to go with an 82. Why are you going high for this? I like that. I like the look, of, I do honestly like, like the look of the game and I think the aspect works with it, so I think it's going to do quite well. Especially looking at some of the games which have come out recently. Nice. So I uh, I have made. You know what? I'm not going to say nothing. <laughs> I'll tell you in like a week's time. If this uh, if this comes to fruition for me, but yeah, I watched this trailer and I thought this looked pretty good. So I think you've got a strong pick there. Um, next up for me, I'm going to pick Phobia, which is definitely not my type of game. Okay. I like the I like the idea of it. I think it looked pretty strong. So I'm gonna say a seventy-eight. Okay, nice. So watching the uh, the Escape Academy trailer, it reminded me very much of yeah. the game we previewed last week, Just to the Left. Okay, okay, yeah, yeah. I think the Just to the Left was a bit of a, a bit more of like a yeah. side of your house up thing. Escape Academy looks like it looks like escape rooms, but in a like a game form. Yeah, it just reminded me of that type of game, so I think it's going to do quite well, especially if it releases on the Switch anyway. Yeah, I mean, as long as yeah. it's not broken, then it should score quite highly. Okay, so uh, next I'm going to go with... It's quite a difficult one. I'm going to go with Jewel, DNF Jewel. And okay. I am going to go with 75. See, these uh, like 2D anime brawlers usually have... Um... They're quite sly, like some of them will come out and they'll get like 87. So you'll be like, how the hell did that get an 87? But it does. But then some of them come out and they're just like, oh yeah, it's a 70. It's it's a good game. So they're kind of uh, a double-edged sword. Yeah, so I'm, um, I'm going to go in the middle on that one. I'm going to go for 75. I think that's quite a safe option with it. <laughs> fair. Um, so that leaves me with MX versus ATV Legends. I don't think I've got any other choice really than sitting with a Sev special 72. <laughs> so that leaves us with the tiebreaker of uh, Disgaea 6, and I'll, I'll let you go first. Where would you like this? Disgaea games are normally pretty good. So you say this is actually going to be a rem remake or remaster for So it's a, it's a complete edition, so I think there will be a few performance, yep. like a performance things done, but I don't necessarily think it will go under the remaster banner because it won't have had that much input into it, but it will have like all the DLC and stuff. I'm expecting it should at least hit above the 72. Okay, oh, I'm going to go with 74. Yeah, just to make it interesting, I'm going to go with uh, 76. 
because if it hits a 75, then what the fuck do we do? That's a point between. <laughs> right? We have to do a, a, a lightning round or a sudden death or something. <laughs> that brings us to Hidden Gems. Here, we'd like to highlight some gems we would recommend for you. You've added your game, I've added my game, and uh, my game seems to be at the top, so it looks like I'm going first for this one. And uh, the game I picked this week is a game called Aces of Luftwaffel, which I believe is a German word. You, did you manage to watch the trailer for this? I did watch the trailer for it. Can you just say Luftwaffel again? <laughs> Luftwaffel. <laughs> I very much believe that um, foreign words should be pronounced uh, foreignly, if that's the right way. So you don't say Peugeot, yeah, you say uh, Peugeot. And uh, I, don't, I can't think of any other words. Can you think of any foreign words that should be pronounced foreign words? Uh, niche. Niche. Yeah. Very much. Yeah, it shouldn't be pronounced niche in any shape or form. Anyone who pronounces niche as niche can get to the bottom of the rank and slip straight away. <laughs> and I'll help you get there. Like, that's offensive. Um, but yeah, Luftwaffe, I believe, are or were German fighter planes. Aces of Luftwaffe. It's essentially a uh, shoot 'em up shunt where you play these. Uh, you play like a specifically Aces of Luftwaffe Squadron. Uh, you play like a team of four uh, American fighter pilots, and you can play this uh, so on solo or you can play it in co-op. Um, but yeah, it's got like a quite a cool cartoon aesthetic. Sort of looks hand drawn, but each pilot you fly with has um, a different sort of mechanic. So you fly with all four at the same time, but you have I think his name's like Max or something, who's the main pilot, and he's got uh, a poison disability. So occasionally throughout levels, he will get poisoned. And the only way to sort of like not lose health is to only move him slowly. But this is a bullet hell shoot him up. So that's quite difficult. And then you've got another guy who gets very angry when a certain type of German plane appears. So he'll sort of break away from the pack um, and like shoot across the screen like left and right and if he collides with you then you're going to take a lot of damage uh, you've got a pilot at the back um, and she uh, she's got a fear of heights but she's a pilot that go figure um, so occasionally she gets um, like anxiety and stuff like that so she sort of like takes a back seat and she disappears so you're left with uh, one plane down which makes it difficult and then the, usually the pilot to the left, he's got narcolepsy. So occasionally he falls asleep and you kind of have to sort of like surround him with your other planes and make sure he doesn't take damage. So um, yeah, there's a few different mechanics that they've added into it. But the real stars of the show are the bosses. Now I faced like, they're like German mad scientists. I faced a German mad scientist who had this like UFO uh, ship that fired from all directions, like the next guy I faced was like a mad engineer, but he had a train and when the level started, like the train was on the ground and the pilots were like, oh, how did we defeat him? And then the, the German guy comes on and he's like, oh, don't worry. And uh, the train took off from the ground and then it was in the sky. So now it's a, a flying train and it comes at you from all angles on the screen. And then there was like, I've got to, two twins who have like separate, um, separate planes um, and they've both got different attacks so you have to fight like two bosses at once and then there's like a few more 
but yeah, this this game's a lot of fun and it's very old school. And uh, like, if you you have like four lives, and if you die, then you're gonna start the level again. There's no there's no easy way to do this. It's a bullet hell, and you've got to figure out how to take these guys out. Yeah, you've just got to get on with it. And there's been a lot of times where I've had like sweaty palms, and I'm inches away from death, and I've just managed to pull the victory off. Um, and it was loads of fun, really. Uh, I think it came out like maybe 2017, 2016. Uh, I picked it up pretty cheap on the PS4. But if anyone anyone's in the mood for a little uh, a cool little shump, then uh, Aces of Love Waffle is definitely a good show. So Viz, would you like to tell us about your game? Well, after she finished waffling on about this uh, German-inspired shooting uh, <laughs> game, yeah, uh, we we can continue with my waffle about a different one. So the Go on then. the game waffle away waffle away. The game I brought to the table this week is uh, Death Run TV. We actually spoke about this a couple of weeks ago. It was in a draft. Um, it, it's yeah. still yet to have a score. Which which is quite annoying, and it's only got one review so far, um, which is a bit annoying. I picked this up because it was on sale on the PlayStation Store, and I can't put it down. It is a really... You've actually played it, yeah. Yeah, I've actually played it. I think I put about three hours into it last night. Wow, it is... like If you imagine Neon Abyss, times that by ten. <laughs> that is the, the, the gameplay style. So... The aesthetic of this game is you are just one person, you've got two handguns, and you're running through what is a game show, but it's called Defron Game Show, and so it's got a great um, opening to it, it's like, just press start, just press start, you know you want to press start, you're going to die, but just press start, start the game. So it just, like, the way that it just entices you into it, it's got really, like, upbeat soundtrack, so... It is a roguelike bullet hell game. Within the game, there is prisoners, and if you collect these prisoners and get to a safe spot, get so many up, you manage to get an upgrade. And it's got a TV presenter that pops up in the corner and talks through the remote if you're playing on the PlayStation 5. You've got an upgrade! You've got an upgrade, which does get a little bit annoying, but then, like, depending on which other things you pick up, you've just got this enhancement. You've just got this enhancement. You can now do this. And the whole game is all based on like um, votes as well. So right. the more people that are watching you, because you're in a game show, the, um, the more votes you get. And then as you get to like further on in the game, there's a little panel that comes in the bottom corner. And if you, like, for example, you've got 777 votes, then there's four choices, like A, B, C, or D. That the people that are in like the audience will press one of those a bit like who wants to be a millionaire mm. press one of those and then suddenly you turn tiny oh, okay and you've got 50 enemies around you that you're trying to shoot out as well as trying to save uh, a congo line of 10 survivors <laughs> okay that's cool i've managed to get to there's like five levels for each stage yeah. But partway through that, you get like a bonus level, which is just a question mark. But it just gives you like um, uh, shooting points where you can shoot out to get extra thumbs up, extra votes, extra like people watching you. Uh, and then when you get closer to the end of the level, like people are starting throwing roses into the arena, like bunches of flowers and roses because like you've got such a hype from like the the audience that watching you. Um, from what I can see, it's got six stages and five levels in each stage. 
I've managed to get to stage two, and the reason this is like such a ball ache is because if you die at any point, you have to start all over again. Yeah, to proper proper roguelike mechanics. Then. Yeah, so if you died like on the sixth level, you've literally got to go back to stage one of one. You don't start from stage two one. <laughs> So there was a game shown, maybe like a year or two ago now, that was very much like the similar, sort of like, uh, you're on this game show and it's sort of a, a roguelike and you shoot stuff, but they were tight in uh, Twitch integration, so where like, uh, while you were playing, people watching you could then like vote on things that would appear in the next room and stuff like that, and then the idea was that they'd have the... Sh- the people watching the stream would have fun by making you go up against uh, more nefarious challenges, stuff like that. Um, I can't remember what that game was called, but I have a feeling like this might be that that same game. Oh wow! Yeah, um, it definitely sounds very similar. If it's not, okay. Yeah. Did you watch the trailer? I sent you. Yeah, I have seen the trailer for it. Yeah. It is. It like the game is such a lot of fun, and it's like so frustrating. It's got so many different like customizations and different aesthetics like as you travel it go through the game the more votes you get i think the first one you have to get a hundred like people like audience that like you so if you die mm-hmm. with 100 people liking you then you then unlock a new weapon which will then appear in the arena at random events and um, so at one point you can hold uh, a heavyweight machine gun in one hand and a crossbow in the other hand and use them like simultaneously together that was my nickname in high school. Heavyweight machine gun. <laughs> you wish. Hey. hey. <laughs> Definitely heavyweight. Fast firing, that's for sure. <laughs> so, like, with with this game, so you can also unlock cosmetics, so you can, like, change your character, like, you put glasses, change the hair, change the skin colour, so you can have a pink character with a cheese hat and white nice. goofy glasses on um, so you can change your character in whichever way you want by the more and more you progress through the game and the more voters you get the more people you have follow you but it's just I think the only thing that I find annoying about the game is just like it's not like Neon Abyss where you get to stage 2 and you can then start from the start of stage 2 you literally have to go all the way back again yeah. but I did find today there was actually uh, a YouTube video that somebody's managed to do all six stages in 44 minutes okay without without dying once so i can't see how that's fucking possible <laughs> you have to get good to get there and yeah he must have everything because like there's so much to unlock and there's so much playability in it it is actually a lot of fun to play and i'm saying this is a hidden gem because it's not got any reviews yet it's still not got a critic score and i just want people to go out and play it and just have a bit of a, a laugh with this game it's quite addictive. It's like, oh, I should have been able to do that type. By the signs of it, it might be that one reviewer, that one YouTuber, and you are the only people <laughs> who played this game. Very well much be a hidden gem. No, it's definitely worth playing, though. You should pick it up. Cool. I'll go check it out. Ready for the, uh, the yeah. final, not final segment? Cool. So this week I'm calling it, this one's going <laughs> in the rank bank. In this final, not final segment, we proved that the fans are way too noisy and we have our opinions on everything. That's right, it's time to rank everything. On the block this week, chosen by Viz, cheese, heat waves, shorts, gardening and Lego. <laughs> I don't even know. You, you can take first pick because I chose these ones this week. So. Such a random assortment, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, I know. 
just okay. a bit awkward. So I'm going to take with the one I like the least, and I'm going to go with Heat Waves. Um, heat, heat Waves are bullshit, if I'm honest. I'm going to say it. Um, I don't like being hot. I'm very much uh, someone who prefers the cold. I'd much rather you can you can always take layers off. You can always put more layers on, but you can never take more layers off. In the sense that once it gets too hot, like I can't cut my skin off and make myself cooler. Like previous years when it's been far too hot, I've just had a bath ran with cold water in it, and I've left it there for like two days. And every time I get really hot, I just go and sit in the bath. But yeah. I don't like working in the heat. I don't like having to sit in my house in the heat. I don't like heat waves, mate. So I think you brought this one along just to upset me. I think I like heat waves less than sand. That's how much I detest it. <laughs> okay. I, I, I completely agree with you. I hate heat waves. It's like my favourite place in my house when it's hot is my game's room because it's the coldest room in the house. And it's beautiful. I could just walk through my, my door and just go straight into the games room. It's just like a breath of fresh air. But you're right, you, could, you can't take like parts of your skin off. You can't cool down. So you've got to wear something to be sociable outside of outside of your home. Otherwise you'd be done for indecent nudity, wouldn't you? Indecent nudity, indecent exposure. Yeah. <laughs> indecent exposure. But yeah, yeah. They're on the same lines. <laughs> I don't like socialising anyway, but... I do have to make money somehow, so I do have to go outside with clothes on. Yeah, but you, yeah, but you can't, you can't stand on the corner naked. No, though, can no. You? I've thought about OnlyFans, but I don't think it's for me. <laughs> yeah, I'd agree with you. Definitely below sand. Cool. Next choice is up to you. I'm pretty sure we had a heat wave today as well because it was so it was a hell today just standing outside. It was. I have uh, I've been at work today. I have had two showers. I have changed my boxes twice. It's good your boxes are on high on this list. Right, I'm going to go with my least favourite. That's Lego. Okay. I thought you might have this quite high. I, it's my least favourite because I don't like walking through the house and then finding a piece of Lego in the bottom of my foot. But I do enjoy playing with Lego. Like, especially with like some of the new things they're bringing out. I like Lego cars that you can build. Excuse me, the Batmobile. Um, the tall neck for Horizon, which I really want, but Lego for me, I feel, I feel, yeah, it's got to go below grass. Okay, so it's quite low on the list. Mm. Only just to a personal experience, like standing on trying to walk through Lego is not very comfortable. I've walked on glass and I've walked on like fire embers, and it, like Lego is not something I want to walk through. See, I'll tell you a little side story. A couple of years ago, before I started the job that I'm currently at. I went to wrestling school and I never expected to get like big or be like on the, the grandest stage of them all. But one of my main goals was to do what's called a Lego death match. Have you ever heard of this? I I can picture it in my head. I've never heard of it, but I can think, I think I can detail what that is. So um, in some wrestling matches... You just stand there and throw pieces of Lego at each other. No, no. So um, some wrestling <laughs> matches, what they do is they get this little bag out of the underneath the ring and they usually like pour it into the ring and it's either like thumbtacks or glass um, and people get slammed onto it like storyline wise um, and it looks really painful but then not so long ago someone come up with the idea that rather than slamming people on glass and thumbtacks what they do is bring out like a bag or a bucket of lego and pour that onto the ring oh. and so yeah you'd get like chucked onto the lego pieces and you'd have to like run through it and uh, do moves onto Lego pieces, which sounds really heinous and horrible. But I always thought, like, oh, if I was going to do a wrestling match, if I could only have one wrestling match, I'd do a Lego death match. Um, just because. 
I don't know. Just in because. Same, <laughs> yeah, yeah. In the same way that you're a sadist and you like um, whatever it was you were saying the other week, um, I'm kind of like, I don't mind injuring myself. I'd quite like to do a Lego death match. So I'm, I quite like Lego. Aside, aside from the Lego death match, like building Lego is really fun and having nice collectible pieces. I think Lego might be, it might be closer to socks, to be honest. Okay. Do you like Lego more than Doritos? Yeah, because you can have a lot of fun with Lego. You don't yeah. get cheesy Lego, do you? You get cheesy Doritos, you don't get cheesy Lego. Well, I don't know, it depends where you put the... <laughs> After your wrestling match, I'm pretty sure you get cheesy <laughs> cheesy Lego then. Would you settle? <laughs> 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 Mate, there's, there's... Like, yeah, before you even go down that line of thought, we're not putting Lego there. <laughs> Let's go with it at number eighteen. You then it somehow you managed to derail the class. Why? Um, yeah, don't say any more. Um, I, I, I was going to suggest we put uh, Lego below Doritos. So you wanted it below grass, but I wanted it a little higher. So Lego in between Doritos and grass. Would you settle for that? I'd rather have my socks on standing on Lego, so yeah, let's go with number 18 for Lego. I said in between Lego and grass, and you went, yeah, I'll keep my socks on. <laughs> do, you, do you want it above, in, do you want it above in, uh, below socks, but above in between us, yeah? Yeah, below socks. Well, that's only if you agree. Mate, I'm not putting Lego down my... <laughs> I never, I didn't actually say that. <laughs> we still got three things to go. You just put socks in twice, so number 18 socks needs to be Lego fuck I think I cut something out of the rag list as well did you have it in there did you have them written down you sent it to yeah, me yeah oh, I was you? cheese you've taken cheese up so we've got cheese shorts and garden and <laughs> Lego okay um, so back on track then is it yes I'm taking the next one, one yeah so um, Fizz you brought along the one thing that I hold higher than nearly everything else in the world I don't know how you feel about these I fucking love shorts, mate. <laughs> like, I, I detest wearing trousers. I will wear shorts any day of the year. Rain, wind, snow. The only time I won't wear shorts is when it's absolutely freezing. And I don't mean, like, freezing, oh, it's chilly outside. I mean, like, polar bears will die because it's so cold. That's when I'll put trousers on. I love wearing shorts. Yeah, it's not very often I see you in trousers. No, no, like, yeah. Shorts all day, every day. So I, w- I wouldn't want to put shorts any lower than... I'd, I'd take Dad Jokes Days Off, Music, Pizza, but then I'd put shorts above G Fuel. How do you feel about that? Okay. I didn't think I'd get away with pushing shorts to be number one, but if it was my list, I'd probably put shorts number one, <laughs> as soon as I've got a reason with you. I, I wouldn't put shorts at number one at all. It's like, I hate being cold. I'm the complete opposite to you. Yeah. So it was hot yesterday, so... I went to work in joggers and a jacket, went home with break, went back in shorts and a jacket, but had my joggers in my bag, <laughs> just in case, it was because it drops really cold all of a sudden. Yeah, yeah, see, I've come to work in shorts, and if I could, I'd just wear shorts and nipple tassels, <laughs> and I've seen you torn up to walk in, you know, like joggers and a body warmer and a scarf, and it's just like, mate, the weather's fine, why are you wearing all these clothes? It's good, I just, I get cold really easily so I wouldn't put shorts on top of it. So yeah, this time of year shorts are, are, are vital but I wouldn't put them at number four or number five. I'd, I'd put shorts at number... I'd go a bit lower. I'd go at number nine so between coffee and hot sauce. Okay, yeah. Um, I, to be honest, I didn't think I'd get shorts any higher than 15 even though I wanted them at number one. 
So I would accept the uh, say shorts in front of in front of hot sauce but behind. Coffee. Yeah. So you, I've lived in shorts today. But that's because it's been mega hot and I've managed to come inside and like it's nice and cool, but it's not cold. So I haven't had to put trousers on. <laughs> so I'm gonna take cheese. Yeah. Where are you taking it from? The fridge. So you get that old joke of uh, open the fridge, smell the cheese. I've got cheese in my bag, mate. <laughs> I don't need to go to the fridge. <laughs> it's little, it's, uh, you put you put a fist in front of one hand, and then you put the the hand flat in front of the fist, and you go open the fridge, and then someone moves your hand forward. You smoke cheese, and you bop them in the nose. <laughs> <laughs> so dumb. Yeah. Cool. Carry on. Carry on with your cheese, mate. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't. I don't know when. I have no idea where you found that analogy or where you heard that analogy oh, it's, from. It's an old playground game. But yeah. <laughs> well, you used to play with cheese on the playground. No, you didn't have cheese. <laughs> you just like you, you, you make a fist with one hand, you put a flat hand in front of that, then you run up to someone and go open the fridge and they move your flat hand like forward and then you go smell the cheese and you punch them in the nose. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So... You know I'm a cheese lover. Yeah. I absolutely love cheese, so that's why I wanted to bring this one to the list to see where you would rate it. So, okay. for me, pers- I like trying loads of different cheese. I like really strong cheese as well. I like trying different, like, chilli cheeses, smoked cheeses, um, to a point... Smoked cheese is bomb, Yeah, mate. so to a point where, for Father's Day, I got uh, a cheese board from my kids. So, And nice. it's got uh, Daddy's Cheese Board... Like written in the middle of this like cheese board, like it's properly in, in brailed into it. And it's got like you twist the bo- bottom of it open, and it's got four different like cheese utensils: one for hard cheese, one for soft cheese, uh, a cheese fork, and one for um, Parmesan cheese. Parmesan. Parmesan. They go <laughs> in the correct diet. Parmesan, so like a little grater sort of thing. No, it's there uh, just a. Or to like peel it. It's off. A, a knife, like a, a tiny like Parmesan knife, where you can just like slice a tiny bit off it. Okay. So yeah, my family know how much I like cheese, uh, cheese and crackers. Yeah. I could eat that every night. So, for me. See, I like I like cheese and crackers. Oh. Cheese, crackers, pate, oh grapes, you name it. And so I top it always. Top it off some crisps or some snacks on top of there as well. Just give it a bit more crunch. I'm well away. <laughs> yeah, so I don't def- I don't def- uh, I don't tend to do like grapes, but I do do like cheese. I like to do cheese, salt and vinegar, Pringles, Ooh. and then like onion chutney and stuff like that. Nice. Yeah. Um, st- uh, like a really nice Stilton or um, a blue cheese goes really well with grapes because you got that sweetness of the grape and then you get okay. the, the Stilton, like the bitterness of the Stilton come through. It's like really nice. That's one of my favourite ones. Before I ask you where you Go put on. this, I'm going to ask you, if you'd be any kind of cheese, what would you be? I'd be a Stilton because I'm old and mouldy. <laughs> <laughs> Damn. <laughs> Uh, I don't know, I th- that's quite a hard question. I, I could be a... S- oh yeah, it's definitely... I could, I'd be a hot smoky cheese, like a mix between a smoky cheese and a hot cheese. Because like the, yeah. the, those two flavours go really nice together. I think I'd probably be like um, Emmental or Swiss, because I'm full of holes that shouldn't be there. <laughs> <laughs> so where would, where would you like to put cheese? I'd like to put cheese below shorts, okay, above yeah, hot cool, sauce. Cool. 
Yeah, the only thing I was worried about was uh, putting cheese above pizza, as long as it's not above pizza. I know, you can't put cheese above pizza because you need cheese for pizza. So. Right, have you ever had a pizza without cheese? It's fucking horrible. You can't even call it a pizza. Just flatbread with sauce and vegetables. <laughs> yeah, on. you can't even call it a pizza, you might as well not even bake it. Yeah, true, it's just a shit sandwich at that point. <laughs> yeah. Not even got a top layer. Yeah, so I'm, I'm happy with that. Okay, so that means you've got the last one. Like, I don't I don't know why you brought this one along, if I'm honest. I don't even have a card, and um, I think mowing the lawn sucks. But I know gardens are nice. It's nice to have. I like having, uh, I like having a little birdhouse in the garden. I like watching the birds. I like animals coming into the garden. We used to have a, a old house. We used to have a squirrel that come into the garden a lot. I nicknamed him Fat Paul. I'd throw peanuts onto the lawn, and uh, Fat Paul would surely come along and take as many of them as he could before he disappear. I like gardens, I like keeping my garden tidy, but it's not necessarily something I want to do or I enjoy doing. See, I don't mind gardening. I find it quite relaxing sometimes, especially when I'm trying to make it a nice area for the family. It, it can be quite nice. It's like if I didn't have a, an outside area to sit in when the weather's really nice, uh, I haven't got the area like a patio or a garden area to have a barbecue or somewhere where I can sit where there's a nice breeze when it's really hot. I think like gardens can be quite essential and especially with kids as well so you you need that area for them to be able to just shut them outside. Yeah shut them outside lock the door. <laughs> On a serious note I don't shut them outside and lock the door. <laughs> there we go we've got a biz disclaimer there. <laughs> this is uh, saying he does not shut his kids outside. <laughs> we'll put that on record. Only between two and four. <laughs> Between two and four, when, when, the, when the sun's the hottest. No, that's when it's my break. Oh, uh, okay. That's what you mean. I don't put my kids outside between the hottest hours of the day. Any other time is uh, fine. No, I don't really lock my kids outside. But it's essential for like the kids to like <laughs> young kids to have somewhere to like to play rather than having to take them out somewhere or going to the nearest play area. It's essential to have their, them somewhere outside, nice. Yeah, yeah. So whereabouts uh, would you like to stick gardening? I have no dog in this fight. So where would you like to put gardening? Uh, it's not a massive thing I like doing, but I'd probably put it between Doritos and grass. Okay. It's nice to have it, but it's not high on my list. So there's some solid additions mm. to the list then. Just run off what we added. We added shorts at 9, cheese at 10, Lego at 20, gardening at 23, and heat waves at 29. So that was our list. For anyone who hasn't played the quarry yet, we're now going to jump into the quarry spoiler cast. So if you haven't finished the quarry, uh, please leave now. Thank you very much for joining us. Uh, for anyone who has played the quarry, it's time to get into the segment that me and Viz have been very excited to talk about all week long. This is the Trash Talk, the quarry spoiler cast. Let just give a quick overview first what did you think of the game overall i thought the game was brilliant um it's a lot better than until dawn mm-hmm. and the dark pictures anthology it's brought both those aspects of the, like those two different games into one like the dark pictures anthology is very different to until dawn and i think they what they've done is moved the dark pictures anthology aesthetic into the quarry built them both together and it works really well. It's 
a great game. It gets you gripped from the get go in the way the like the character building and the way you like treat the characters and work with the characters. It just works really well. Yeah. So if we go off the uh, the get go, like the first scene is. Is it Lucy and Max? Uh, Laura and Max. Laura and Max. Laura and Max driving down the road on the way to Hackett's quarry campsite. Uh, something's in the middle of the road. They swerve. Um, they swerve down the hill, and then you kind of get a little sort of tease. Laura goes off, doesn't she? While Max is trying to fix the car, and you see some like creepy things. Yeah. I think the thing that really gripped me about the prologue was uh, when yeah. it Travis the cop, Travis or Trevor. Uh, when he shows up, he's really eerie, isn't he? He's really sort of like creepy, and you're not sure how to take him. And that kind of leads you into like what's kind of going on. Um, I don't like this guy. I don't trust this guy, even though he's wearing a cop uniform. Yeah. So, yeah. Do we trust what he says, or do we go like? Do we just not believe what he says and just do what we want anyway? So, do we trust this person and like the whole like the way that he the ambience that he brings into the game right at that get-go. Where do we go from here? What do we do? Do you trust him? Do I trust him? It's like, what do we do? Yeah, I think the game uh, the game funnels you into going, like, so cops suggest that you go to the motel, but I don't think you get a choice into go to the motel. I think you kind of, you're funneled into going to uh, Hackett's Quarry campsite, and then Laura obviously goes down to the basement. Uh, Max follows her. Max gets attacked as Laura's trying to come out. The cop, I think, does the cop like kick Max back down? Because Max goes, he sort of like shoots back down the stairs, doesn't he? No, Max gets dragged back down as Travis, the cop, uh, injects Laura in the neck. Okay, yeah. And then he's like, why don't people listen? Why don't you go to the fucking motel or something? Yeah, I told you not to come here. Yeah, yeah, and then like the door sort of shut, and the the sort of like the camera pans up above the trees, and then it splashes with like the quarry, and then by that point, like I was hooked. Were you hooked there? I was definitely hooked when I started looking around. Even before that, I was looking around, a bit dubious what was going on. Like I wanted to find out, like a bit more into the story. But yeah, so um, let's jump into it. Like, who died first for you? <laughs> So I didn't lose my... It's like, when you say who dies first, are we talking about initial characters or are we talking about the whole of the characters? See, that's the... So for the people that don't know. <coughs> See, that's... that's uh, Well, we're in the spoiler cast, so anyone listening now should know. But yeah, if we sort of circle back to the, like, the, the prologue, like, I thought Laura and Max had died. I thought they were gone. Like, so the reveal of Laura turning up later with the eye patch, being an absolute fucking badass. Um, yeah. That was quite amazing, to be fair. I liked how they sort of, like, reintroduced them back into the story. And then they did, like, the yeah. scenes of them being in the police station where they've been for the past two months. Like, that was... that was a Yeah, and you had to work through... You had to work through, like, a chapter with her, like, investigating the police station and trying to find out more information, didn't you? Yeah, so did you uh, did you go all around the police station or did you did you go back into the cell at any point? Uh, I, w- I travelled all the way around the police station trying to find everything because I was looking for tarot cards at the cell. Like, by the time you get so far into the game, you literally are looking for these tarot cards. Yeah, so I think I... I think I went through this like three rooms upstairs and I got like a piece of evidence in each room and I was kind of like, right, I've got, I think I've got what I need. I don't want to keep exploring until I get to like 
when the cop comes back. So I went back into the cell at that point and went back to sleep. Oh, okay. So you got you when it came up with the option, you went to go back in the cell. Yes. Oh, I carried on exploring. So did you get caught by the cop? No, I didn't get caught by the cop. Oh, okay. You get caught by someone else. So no, I didn't get caught at all. Oh. I just carried on exploring and found found out more information. Went into every single area that I could. Found co- found out codes to get stuff. I like to get into things. So uh-huh. <laughs> that, that's a different story we both took there. Yeah. Then. So okay, uh, we'll uh, double back to the first question I asked: Who died first for you? Out of the nine characters, we're we going to run through the characters. The nine can the nine count councillors. Like yeah, if you want to count councillors. Yeah. So we've got. Ryan, Dylan, Jacob, Emma, Caitlin, Abigail, Max, and Laura. Yeah. Is that right? Am I missing one? So that's Nick. five. Nick, who you missing, yeah. Oh, and Nick. Out of those, the first person I thought I lost was Nick. Okay, when was that? That was in like chapter three or four when he gets bit in the woods with Abigail, isn't it? Yes. So that was the first one because yeah. uh, Abigail actually ran back to the camp uh, without Nick. So that's the first person I thought I lost, and Ryan went back to find him. Caitlin was my first person to die out of the counsellors. Caitlin was your first person to die? Yeah. Shit, so how did you lose Caitlin then? So we were in an attack with Caleb. So Caleb was running through the, the hut in chapter 9. And Caitlin was running across the beams, and then as she got back down to the bottom floor, when she's back, uh, met up back with Dylan, Dylan ran into a room. Caleb came out, and I missed the short time event, and I didn't shoot him in time. So, oh, okay, so yeah, that's that's yeah, chap- yeah, chapter nine's really uh, close to the end of the game, isn't it? Um, yeah, Caleb is uh, one of the werewolves. Yes, he is, and. He literally ripped Caitlin apart. <laughs> so I lost Caitlin at that point as well. So I'm, I'm shocked that it took you that f- that long to actually lose somebody. Uh, the first person I lost was Emma. Um, did you do the scene? Oh, you lost Emma? Yeah, did you do the scene where Emma, she goes over to the island and then she starts like uh, doing a sort of Instagram story. She's like talking on a phone, uh, recording herself. Yeah. Uh, did you take the right path and not the left? No, so I went up to the I went up to the the little hut, the, like the treehouse thing. Yeah. And then she's like, oh, there's like police keys on the side. And she's like, oh, that's weird. She doesn't pick them up. And then she goes into the hut and there's like a bag on the side. And then there's like yeah. a latch above her. And she like hears a noise. She's like, oh, should I go through the latch or should I search the bag? And I was thinking, go on, going through the latch is like the most <laughs> obvious thing of... Like there's something there, so I thought it was like a a, a red herring. Like you shouldn't pick. I thought yeah. if I pick the bag, then I'm going to get attacked by something else. So like going through the latch, even though it seems like the implausible thing is actually the is actually the plausible thing. No, sure enough, she opened the latch. Like Max jumped down, who was a werewolf at that point, and then just air, and she fucking died. <laughs> oh no! I searched the bag with Emma. Yeah. Yeah, so, I searched the bag. So did, did did you find Max in the treehouse? Did he chase you or anything? Nope. No. So she just what happens afterwards? And she just searches the bag and then goes off on a merry way. She searches the bag and 
she hears some more noises coming from the front. She goes outside and then she starts shouting for Jacob. So she has to start running. She did start running, but she wasn't being chased. And then afterwards, like he jumps out of the uh, the hut that he's in. Yeah. And I don't know if you can remember when you walking towards the hut, you had those little like the bridge. If you looked over the bridge, and so oh, that's a long way down. Yes. Yeah. And you got the little like compartments across the bridge like if you stepped on it wrong then you'd go through so as we're running across the bridge um max like the where as a werewolf at this point was chasing me and i fell off the bridge okay so did you lose her there did she die there yeah no she's still alive she managed to make it to shore fair because because uh, the werewolves scale water that's why max is on the island because he can't escape the island yeah so that's where laura put him isn't she yeah cool so then going on to um a sort of switch because I believe this is a uh, a main story point that like you can't sort of uh, get out of. Um, Dylan lose a hand. Yes, Dylan lost a hand for me. Uh, we had to chop it off. So did you choose chainsaw or a shotgun? Chainsaw. Did you? Yeah, I chose chainsaw as well. Um, yeah. And it looked pretty brutal. It was a big shock that like they sort of cut it off and then that was kind of it. Like five minutes later in the game, he was just like, yeah, I've lost a hand. I'm going to carry on. Oh, okay. So going into that, you know he's lost his hand. Did you go into the scene, into the the garage area? Like the scrap yeah, area. Yeah, the scrapyard. Yeah. So I nearly lost both Dylan and Caitlin in that area. Because, you know, when he's in the crane, mm-hmm. if you miss the first time event as the werewolf's trying to get through the window and you don't manage to get the flamethrower in his face, yeah, then uh, Dylan reaches for the gun with his left uh, with his left hand the one which has been chopped off but it's just a stump so you can't reach it so if you don't manage to reach it then the crane drops on Caitlyn as well as the werewolf attacking okay so did you drop the the thing onto Caitlyn then or did you manage to do it the other way I managed to do it the other way okay so yeah I think I got I had um, Dylan sat in that tower and he picks the car up doesn't he with the magnet or he has the car up with the magnet and then the werewolf gets in and, like, Caitlin jumps out or something. Yeah, there's two different options with that that I found. Because, I, for some reason, I managed to do this scene twice. Do you know, we had a power cut the other night. Oh, okay, yeah. So I'd done the scene once, and then when I turned it back on again, it my PlayStation said, oh, it's been turned off wrongly, you've got to do this. And then it actually took me back before that event, so I did it two different ways. Okay, so did you technically lose Dylan and Caitlin? before the power went off, but then you managed to get around it. Yeah, I managed to, because the power had gone off, I was like, oh, for fuck's sake. Fair. Didn't want to lose them. So I know how that story ended, but when Dylan gets into the crane, you got two different choices. You could either pick up the car or sound the horn. Which one did you do there? I think I might have picked up the car. Yeah, because I thought sounding the horn would have uh, alerted more people, so I think I picked up the car. Yeah, so I, I sounded the horn the first time. Yeah. So, and at this point, Caitlin's got the gun, and then it's got a quick time event when you're in the car as well, where the werewolf's trying to get into the car while it's still on the floor before uh, Dylan manages to like pick it up, and she's screaming at him. And there's a quick time event where you actually have to shoot at the werewolf. Okay, okay. So if you manage to shoot the werewolf there, it could. I don't know how the story goes from there because I never followed that story, but mm-hmm. there's another story that would entail from that. 
if you missed or if you actually shot it. Cool, see I did say last week that I might do another run through but then I kind of thought doing this little segment now I kind of wanted to just do just do one run through rather than come come with being like oh yeah I've seen every ending I know everything that happens in the game I kind of wanted to see what you'd done first before I did the other run through. Yeah. So l let's total it. Did How many people did you end up with? Uh, we include in the hackers. Yeah, let's include everybody. Okay, so... All my survivors all together. I lost three hackets and two counsellors. Shit. So I think I ended up with like five people in total, and that's including the hackets. Really? Yeah. Yeah, so the hackets I had left were Travis and his brother, which was like the one in the. The big meat guy. The over, like, yeah, the big meat guy, his brother, and the counsellors I had left over were Dylan, Jacob, Ryan, Nick, uh, Emma and Abigail. Fucking hell. I think I, I left with maybe Abigail and Ryan. Oh really? Yeah, yeah. So I did... Um... Oh, I also had Laura as well, but I did lose Max. Oh, okay. So I'm not sure. I might have lost Max. I'm not sure where I lost Max. But I did... I know where you but... might have lost Max. Do you know when you first get control of Max again and he has to put Laura's clothes on? So he's got that jumpsuit on. Or didn't you have that scene? No, I didn't have that scene. Oh, no, okay. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. Tell me, tell me. <laughs> so, at some point, I killed Chris Hackett. Did you? Yeah, Ryan shot Chris Hackett in the attic where he was chained up. Did you have that scene? No, see, I got to the attic and uh, there was the werewolf chained up. Yeah. And um, I don't know if I missed a quick time event or if I chose the wrong thing. But yeah, like the floorboards fell through, so Ryan, oh, really? Laura, Chris all fell down to the next floor into a room with uh, Bobby, the meat hacker, Travis the copper, the and I, copper. Uh, in a previously scene, previous scene, I'd killed the hacker dad as Laura, so he was upset with me. But yeah, Laura went for Travis. Laura killed Travis, but Travis killed Laura at the same time. Chris then killed. Ryan, oh, and then managed to kill Bobby after that. Yeah, yeah, so I lost like four people in like the space of 30 seconds. Wow. <laughs> See, I never had that. So in that scene, I used Ryan. Ryan shot Chris Hackett in the in the attic. And then because I shot Chris Hackett, Laura was now, wasn't was infected anymore. Max was not infected anymore, so he turned back to human. And then it cut to a scene in him when he was back on the island. And he had to go through that same yeah. bag that Laura went through uh, to fi try and find some clothes because he had nothing on. So he had to put his clothes on. So he was wearing like a girl's speedo jumpsuit, like for <laughs> for jogging. So he's wearing the. It's really yeah, funny yeah. to watch, like knowing the actor that actually plays that person. It's really weird to see him in in these girls looking jogging bottoms and jogging tight top, skin tight stuff. <laughs> and you're given a choice right. whether you either try to swim to shore or stay where you are. And I chose to swim to shore, but. Because I chose to swim to shore, Silas was waiting for me. Okay. And he killed me as I came out of shore. So that's, that's odd. Like, earlier in the game when Jacob and Emma, they go swimming, don't they? But just before they jump in, yeah. it sort of, like, shows you a below the water. Um, and there's, like, a body, like, yeah. chained to the bottom of the river sort of thing. Like, he's got his feet chained and he's kind of stuck in there. Oh, right. um, I didn't see yeah, that. Yeah, I think it's only, like, a really quick thing. But there is someone in the water that's been chained there. But yeah, throughout my entire game, I never met Silas. Really? Yeah, and I never once met Silas. 
So when I had the... So did you not kill Silas? No, no. When I had the endings, it was kind of like, oh, yeah, the white wolf lived on and roamed around the forest. And I was like, yeah, I, never, I never met him. I didn't know he was actually uh, a character I could kill. He was a character actually involved in it. But, I, yeah, I never met him. Well, I, I killed Silas. You did? Yeah. <laughs> so before I get onto like, the tarot card parts that Silas plays a big part in, did you... Yeah. You said, how many hackets did you say you left with? You killed Chris. You left with Bobby and Travis. I killed Chris. I'm pretty sure I was left with Bobby and Travis. I'm not quite, I can't remember if I killed the dad or not, but I can't remember seeing him afterwards. So the dad comes in later on. Did you get... Um, the choice of like Ryan, Laura Bite and Ryan to turn Ryan into a werewolf. No. Oh, okay. So yeah, there's a there's a part where uh, Bobby stabs Ryan, and it's like, do you want to take the knife out or not? And I was like, well, no. If you take the knife out, then obviously he's gonna bleed out, isn't he? Um, I left the knife. I got that scene. I left the knife in. Okay. So then a bit later on, you get a scene where they're in the garage or the greenhouse and uh, yeah. the knife, but he had to take the knife out so that he could stab Bobby with it. But then um, yeah. he's like, he's lying on the floor and he's like, I'm going to die, I'm going to die. And Laura's like, the only thing we can do is I let me bite you and I'll turn you into a werewolf and you'll heal yourself. You never got that, no. No, I didn't get that. I did get to a point where uh, Laura started going, like she started turning because her eyes went yellow. Yes, yeah. And her eye patch healed, but I never got the opportunity to say, "Oh, shall I bite you for you to heal?" Yes. So I must have chosen a completely different path there. So I think when she when they drop into the cavern, like just before you get to the house, that's when he takes her eye patch off and it's healed, isn't it? Yeah. But then, oh wow! But so before you, before, we, before we get to this other bit, um, once they go through the cavern and they get to they get to like a locked room. Did you have Jacob and Nick locked up in cages? Uh, Nick was just a werewolf, and Jacob was wasn't. He was just in his boxes. Yeah, that's it. So I believe there's like you can attempt. Did you attempt to like get either of them out, or did you do anything? Yeah, I got Jacob out. Because Laura goes up to the Laura goes up to the hatch and listens. And then you have to do like you have to look at the mechanics and the numbers on the cells, and actually have to press two levers for the one to open, don't you? Okay, no, I didn't do that. I got um, what was it like? She goes, she gets angry at the one werewolf, and then it does like this time event where it's like you can get Ryan to interrupt her and tell her not to shoot, but I didn't. Yeah. So she shot the werewolf. So I believe that was Nick. So I lost yeah. Nick there. So I let Laura shoot her. Uh... Um, but then they kind of like they didn't take Jacob with them. Yeah. They were just like, "Oh, we'll leave you here for now. We'll come back." He did get out, and then he did die later. But I did, yeah, I did leave him in the cell, and I did shoot. Him. Oh wow! I managed to get Jacob out. So it, with that quick time event, I obviously stopped her from shooting it because she wanted to shoot it in case, thinking it was Chris Hackett, didn't she? Because that's what's caused her to be infected. But then it gives you a choice whether you leave Jacob or you try and help him. And then it goes to like a, a mechanism on the wall where it's got four different choices, four different switches, and both cages have got two different doors to them. So depending on what number is above the cage, you have to make sure you press the right ones, otherwise you can end up just opening... Just releasing the werewolf into Jacob's cage, essentially. Yeah, basically. So if you press the wrong ones there, so that's going to be another story as well. Nice. So into the Hackett's house, did you kill Mama Hackett? I did indeed. I blew her face off. <laughs> 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 Mate, my jaw hit the fucking floor when it was like there was Laura and the Mama Hackett because uh, Laura's got the gun, she's aiming at all the Hackett's and then they're like, so Mama Hackett turns the lights yeah. out, doesn't she? And then all of a sudden she sort of like gets up in your grill trying to grab and the gun. And you start arguing between it. And, and it's yeah. like, 
what do you press? Like it's that quick time event, isn't it? So, sh- uh, which one will go bang? Too late. <laughs> yeah, her face, mate. Her face was gone. Yeah, like, the whole thing was blown off. And I was like, "Wow!" <laughs> I didn't expect that, but I was I was scared. I didn't want to like I didn't want to not hit that quick time event because I thought the mama Hackett would get the yeah. gun and that's how I'd lose Laura. But yeah, I did I did not expect her to like blow her fucking head off. It was crazy. Yeah, but then you lost Laura, like having an argument with Travis. How does that work? Because I never got that. Yeah, so I killed I killed Mama Hackett and at that point I was like, right, all Hackett's are gonna die. Yeah. So when I got the choice to kill the Papa Hackett, yeah, because you just meet him in a room upstairs and Laura's sort of like half turning at that point. Yeah. So you can just like overpower him and you overpower him and kill him. I think you like snap his neck. And then, like, ten seconds later, Travis walks in the room, sees that his papa's died, and that's why he's... And then he gets upset, and that's why, like, he tries to kill you afterwards, and that's where I lost him and Laura. Oh, you see, I never got that, so I didn't kill Papa Hackett, so he's still alive. I didn't even count him in my numbers. Yeah, so I think there's, like... I want to say there's, like, 12 to 14 people yeah. in total. You can, like, either kill or live. But then um, you collect a lot of the tarot cards, yeah. Uh, I managed to get 14 out of 22. Okay, so I bring the tarot cards up because there's a very special cat tarot card. Um, in between each like episode, you go back to that old woman's... The uh, She's the hag. Yeah, she? you you better show it that out then by the end. Yeah, yeah, the, she's the hag. So you go back to the hag's hut, or whatever it's called, um, and then each card allows you to take a, like, a brief glimpse into the future so you yeah. can kind of tell where to... To try and change your, um, your decisions. try and change your option, yeah, decision. Yeah. That's it to keep people alive. But then there's one card that you pick. You pick up, and when you pick it up, uh, you take it to her. She gets all offended, and she's like, "No, why have you brought this card here? Why have you done that? Did you get that one?" The Hierophant. Is that the one? It is. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I picked up four cards in that chapter, okay. and no matter how many cards you pick up in that chapter, if you pick up the Hierophant then she just goes mad. Yeah, so the Hierophant's like the special one. That's the one that leads you into seeing how this whole thing started. It tells you the story from six years ago and how it all started, and that's how you actually work out that she's the hag of Hackett's Creek. Yeah, yeah, and like her her circus thing. Was it like um, Chris's nieces and nephew? Like they set fire to the um, the Silas's hut or something. They set fire to something in the circus to try and get Silas out. But in doing that, they actually killed yeah. Silas or something. So the hag. It wasn't Cre- uh, It wasn't Chris's nieces and nephew. It's um, Chris's son and daughter. Oh, it was his son and daughter. Okay, yeah, yeah. Yeah. But yeah, like that's the whole sort of like start to the story. Yeah, it was um, Katie. Was her name Chris's daughter? She's the one that's dead in the pool, isn't she? You got that bit. Yeah. Well, it it depends if you had the same scene as me, but yeah, it's the one that Laura shoots as a werewolf and then she turns back to human and she's like lying face down in the middle of the swimming pool. So I thought that scene went really quickly, to be honest. Like, I I remember seeing they all got out of that hut once, like, Dylan had lost his hand and they were all walking towards the other hut and they saw, they see Laura running past. I don't remember a gunshot. Then Laura sort of turns up, she then disappears and then they go into the hut and then the next thing you know, then, then they go towards the pool and there's a dead body there. I don't remember seeing any of, like, the shooting stuff. They're kind of... I remember, I remember see, I remember hearing a gunshot. Right. As you like, when you first come out of that building, you hear a gunshot and somebody running off. Uh, okay, maybe that's where I got it wrong then. And that's when they shoot, like 
Katie, because I don't know if you remember when you get to like uh, the Lady Hackett's house and she's going, what happened to my little Katie? Oh, yeah. Not my yeah. little Katie. And she goes over and over again because like, she got shot there. But I think there is, a, because I think there's a trophy within the game where all the Hackett's survive. So you reckon Katie's one of them? Yeah, because she's a Hackett. She's, um, because it's Katie and Caleb, which are Chris's son and daughter. Okay, so I'm I, I so, intrigued as how you keep Katie alive then. Yeah, same here. I'm pretty sure there's a trophy on that. Cause I know there's a trophy for killing all the Hackett's, having no survivors, having every survivor, and some of the optional ones as well. Killing Abigail as Nick in the woods. There's another one. Okay, so I think I think I killed Nick. When you were in the bath house, did you shoot Nick as Abigail? Yes. Okay, and that's when, like, Caitlin, Dylan and... Ryan are all sat in the corner, aren't they? Yeah, I shot him, but somehow Nick still survived. Yeah, so I think the werewolves have like healing properties, don't they? So unless it was a silver bullet, it wasn't going to kill him. Yeah, so it just managed to be able to just get out. I so want to play this game again now. <laughs> yeah, just just talk me through. You killed Silas. Like, how did you meet Silas? Where did you meet Silas? How did you kill him? So, Silas, we hunted down. So, I was with Laura, Ryan and Travis. So, so we got in his cop car because Travis knew where he would be. And we went to Silas's nesting site, uh, found him. We'd already ran him over because he'd tried to attack the car and we managed to knock him off and then ran him over. So, we ran to his nest right. and then we walked to his nest, followed the blood trail. He was there and then you get a choice whether you shoot him or you just leave him and as Laura I cho chose to shoot him because he's in werewolf state chose to shoot him and then it just stopped the whole of the uh, the issues in the first place so that that happened after you killed Chris Hackett yeah yeah that happened after I killed Chris Hackett that was my final scene oh was it yeah so that was my end scene that was end game you see, thinking about it now I'm not sure what my end game was I think my end game I know I had Abby hidden in the bunker. I think the sun just sort of like came up and that was that was it. Yeah, yeah, I never... I definitely had... Uh, no, Caitlin died when the one werewolf came out of the fucking chimney. I didn't manage to shoot him. Oh, really? Yeah. I managed to walk... I managed, there When the werewolf jumped out of the chimney, that was Caleb. Oh, okay, yeah. Which is Hackett's son. Um, I was running across the beams, like across the... like. The Hackett Lodge, <laughs> and and did you get any of the scenes where you'd walk into the room and you'd have to hide behind a bed and do like be as still as possible to hold the breath thing? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I was doing all that, running around the house trying to hide away from him, and then run away. And when I got back down to the bottom floor and Dylan ran into a different room, that's when I got killed. But I, I had Emma and Abigail in the safe room. Okay, yeah. So you just had Abigail. I had Emma and Abigail in there. And they yes. chucked some silver bullets underneath the door yeah. to pass to me. And I, I missed yeah, the shot. Yeah, I missed the shot as well. <laughs> I think the, the people I was left with were Abigail, I want to say Dylan... The White Wolf and Chris Hackett. I think everyone else might have died. I had a lot, I had a lot more survivors than you, though. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking screwed that, didn't I? Oh, you, you've definitely got to play it again to try and find out right. some different stories. Yeah, I definitely will. Um, but all all that aside, I think this was a a, a great little a great little experience. If you had to give it a rating out of ten, what would you give it? I'd give it a ten out again, just because I want to go. Like it's kept me gripped. I want to go back and play it again. We 
we've been wanting to talk about this for yeah. so it, it's a definite 10 out of 10 from me i want to go back and play it i want to do it again uh, i think it'd be a great experience i want to experience the movie mode i want to experience the other different modes that it's got uh, i want to play it online with people to see like how it gets like how that differs and as you said on the max level the other week it's got that other one where you can be a spectator as well where you decide yeah and vote on the outcomes yeah yeah so i think that's going to be an interesting aspect into the game as well yeah definitely like, I think I'll give this a 9.5. I'm, I'm really happy with it, to be fair. Um, the last thing I will say is, like, the outro credits are really cool as well. Oh, uh, with that podcast? Because you get... Yeah, yeah, so the podcast is alluded to at the beginning, which is what Ryan's listening to. And then at the end, they sort of, like, they go through all the... Was it all the evidence you find? Yeah. And they sort of, like, bring it up into the podcast. There is, uh, you notice in the, um, in the sort of, like, the opening things where it does those weird little... Um, Here's like fire safety in the woods, yeah. or like here's how quick time event works. Yes. Um, there's one for like evidence, and it's like if you get enough evidence, then you won't be blamed for something. So I kind of took the assumption that towards the end of the game, like the cops maybe turn up and you try and say, oh no, it wasn't me who did this, but you haven't got enough evidence, and therefore you will be blamed for what's happened. Yeah. So I don't know if that does happen at any point. They did say there's like 186 endings or something, yeah. so there's, there's loads of stuff in here. Uh, but I really did like the way they um, they called back to the podcast on the end credits and sort of like went through all the evidence you picked up and told you about yeah. it. Sort of built that into a podcast that was really Yeah, cool. I think we talked about this the other day, but it's a shame that they didn't make the computer screen that you're looking at on the end credits a bit bigger so you can actually see in a little bit more detail. Yeah. So I think that would have been, I mean, that's probably it's the only downfall that I think it's got. And I think it's got a fabulous fucking soundtrack as well. I love mm -hmm. the opening song, I love the ending song. It's just got that real 80s, scary movie aesthetic to it. And I think the music, yeah, yeah. the music they've chose to use of it, <clears throat> is really good. And I didn't actually realise it's actually Ariana Grande that does the music. Yeah, yeah, I thought you loved Ariana Grande. No, <laughs> <laughs> no. I mean, we, we played that album like three times in the kitchen the other day. I was like, I'm, I'm definitely, I'm sure uh, this is a, a Grande fan. No, that's a coffee. Definitely has a Grande. <laughs> no, it was just the Quarry playlist. I because we were busy or. Doing things, I never actually had a chance to actually change it over to something else. Oh, I thought I thought you were completely vibing with it. That's why I kind of let you let you play it again. <laughs> it's just like <laughs> I thought it. I thought the album was a lot bigger than what it was, but it's literally just like four or five songs, and it just kept playing over and over. And I didn't realise till it started playing um, songs from Days Gone. But yeah, so um, if you've listened to this, you should all have played the Quarry. If you haven't, then you spoiled it for yourself. But it's a great game. Um, this is this is definitely getting a uh, the fans funds up. Yeah, definitely go out and get this game if you can, or wait for it to go a little bit cheaper if that's what you need to do. But it's definitely worth picking up at some point, and yeah. especially with um, the next episode to Dark Pictures Anthology coming out in the next couple of months. So, have you? Uh, we will just uh, elongate this a little bit. Have you played um, all the Dark Pictures Anthology stuff? Uh, I've played Man and Madan. I'm about two hours into um, House of Ashes. A little hope. Little hope. I haven't started House of Ashes yet. Little Hope's the next one we'll play. We was hoping we could play that together. Perfect. Do, uh... Come and hold my hand. I did pick up Little Hope <laughs> the other day. Um, I did try and pick up Man and my dad, but they didn't have a copy in the shop, even though they had a disc on the shelf. Even though they had a box on the shelf. But yeah, 
So I'm, I'm going to start going through. I'm going to try and pick up uh, Man of Medan and Heights of Ashes and so go through them all now. Yeah, definitely. I'm, I'm well up for playing. It's like once you get back onto the PlayStation Store, I'm well up for playing yeah. House of Ashes, Little Hope, Quarry with you. Just see if we can get like have that different aspect. Nice. of the gameplay cool do you want to close out then yeah sweet so we would like to thank you all for listening to our show this evening and our ramblings they've been very long winded we've been very excited for this this show today especially with all the quarry <laughs> something we wanted to talk about for ages but come and find us on the RPG era discord channel we encourage you to reach out with things you'd like to get ranked games and trailers to get hyped about and or even gems like hidden gems that we should all know about or discover. I'm still Viz, he's still Sev, and that's enough from us this week. Goodbye. Bye.